1: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Thanks for tuning to it. I'm Jeff. There's Tom. There's Director Matthew. You are you. And as always, we appreciate you joining us. Listening to the program on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And if you're watching on War Chant TV, hello everybody. Good to be with you as always. Make sure you uh, like... Share, subscribe, celebrate, ring whatever bells there, do all that stuff, so that others uh, can can find the show. That'd be a good thing, you know. What we get to do today, we get an opportunity. Uh, in hour number two, I think I think it's going to be hour two that we do it, right? We just solve for the future there and go through ACC records. I think that's what we're doing today. That's no? correct. Yeah,
0: it's a loaded rundown today. We've got a great show for you. <laughs>
1: You're supposed to, you're going to do the host thing, huh? Yeah, Great show lined up for you, everybody. Make sure. Yeah, Go ahead. Let's do what's on the ledger. I know Adrian Crawford's going to join us this hour so that we have an opportunity to look at the revamped uh basketball roster it's june and there's not a lot of fsu related content right now uh so that's th- a perfect opportunity to kind of get caught up with adrian i always like talking to him anyhow and his insight is always greatly appreciated he's gonna join us at 130 and we'll go kind of talk about this roster ham's ham's in a good mood man I've, I've seen him twice now in the last few days again i've mentioned on the show that my son's at the basketball camp which concluded today and um I think he feels like they've had a good offseason, and that was seriously in question, you know, obviously. So all of a sudden you look at this roster and you kind of, all right, I can see where this might work. This might be all right. This is, they're going to be better than they were a year ago. It looks like that.
0: So yesterday there was a tweet, and if you go to at FSU Hoops right now, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a graphic, and it shows a picture of Leonard with a, a quote, a block quote next to him. It's got a black background and white font. Mm. And I'm scrolling through, and I see it, and I go, what the hell? Is he retiring? What's going on here? Because it it, it looks like an announcement of serious nature. And what it actually is, is Leonard saying that this group is is, um, exuding the seminal spirit, the unconquered spirit. Oh, I see what you're talking about. And they're pushing about uh, buying tickets for next year. So it's actually a pitch for season tickets but if you just look at that graphic as you're scrolling you go oh bleep what's going on you got nervous doesn't that look like something that I mean that looks serious
1: we're having to live at a time by the way this is a this is kind of a spin-off topic but it is true and I thought about it a lot this week because of the conversation centered around FSU baseball and one of the things that kind of came up was you know what what are they going to do right like a lot of the people on the chat a lot of people online a lot of people uh, on the message boards on warchant.com uh people in my email inbox you name it all you know everybody's got an opinion about what that baseball season represented what should happen to Mike Martin Jr should he be back should he be retained should he be fired uh, do they need to make changes on the coaching staff which kids are staying which kids are going transfer portal stuff right so you that No matter where you stand on that, this isn't me giving an opinion on that right now. I've talked about it before, but that's out there, right? So you have a coach, no matter what, let's just say he's retained. You have a coach that, at the very least, enters next season firmly on the hot seat, okay? And then you consider, which is the omnipresent elephant in the room, and that is the importance of this upcoming season for football. And how many times have we talked about this? I mean, it's it's a daily at least in passing at some point, it's a daily reference that this season is of vital importance to Florida State. And so and to Mike Norvell and his staff moving forward. Whether that means he's gonna be fired if they have a, a bad season and don't win seven, eight games like we speculate, uh, or, or that he's just set up to be a dead man walking. I kept using the phrase dead man walking. I said that he wouldn't get fired this year, but that, look, bottom line is, it wouldn't really matter. He would, in essence, have been fired if he has a terrible season this year because he won't be able to recruit. Won't be able to recruit. Recruiting's already going, eh, average, so it would be a problem. Okay? So then – that that's two, right? That that's that's two coaches that you're talking about, hot seat and or gonna be dismissed and or not real sure about the uh, the future for for their employment here at Florida State. And then there's what you just brought up with Leonard Hamilton, and almost by definition, you know, we're at the end of his career, right? Because he's gonna be 74 before the season starts, and even though he looks 40. And he's still viable, and he's been great for us, and we love it. And we love him. The reality is, the future is most of what we look ahead to is a time that's not going to feature Leonard Hamilton as the head coach at Florida State. Like, he's, he's a short timer. I mean, I don't assume Leonard Hamilton's going to be coaching until he's 85, nor should he. And I also don't think that that's. Look, I don't know what he's got left. What? 2 years, 3 years, maybe? I don't I don't know. So but again, by definition, he's at the end of his career. So, if you think about the big 3, we we are in an interesting time. Now, you marry that with what we've brought up regarding the the this transition from the way things used to be done with the boosters to the way things are done now with the autonomy given an actual athletic director that to me, I would say it's akin to, and for the first time since, what Dave Hart had, right? So since Dave Hart, we've had puppets for athletic directors. That's not a knock on who they are. It's just the reality of their situation. They didn't have any real authority, okay? Now you have an athletic director who's not only got real authority, but he's going to have to do it because your president is not actively involved in athletics the way previous presidents have been. He's Which, not.
0: here. Here. Yeah, All right.
1: Agreed but the point is he's going to rely on the athletic director that he hired and some other very important people who have sway especially depending on the amount of money they write in checks and that kind of thing for the university but you, you get it and the very separate not intertwined at all NIL collective <laughs> completely
0: different they just they're not even FSU fans they just chose Florida State and Tallahassee to be the collective area so and those people too right so in no way, shape or form. But yes.
1: Yes. So the point would be that athletic director, Mike Alford, I ask you this question. Would this be the most exciting time of your life or the most stressful or both? Or how would you see it? Because you you have asked for this. This is what you wanted to ascend to. You're an athletic director. Now, he's been an athletic director before, but this is a real university. He's an athletic d- director in charge of big boy stuff with at a big boy institution and is in the middle of, uh, or, or it's reached a fork in the road at the very least, right? At the
0: same time that the sport that brings in the most money has reached a fork in, in the, the road. road.
1: So here you are. Every day you walk into that office, you got a lot to do. You got a lot to think about. You got a lot. To think about right here, right now, and the future, and man, you got to vet that on a daily basis. You got, I am sure, you are in contact, constant contact uh, with people that you trust implicitly, who have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that their opinion is worth uh, gauging. You know, you you've got. Anybody who does their job really well certainly understands and reflects upon and does self-scouting to know, enough to know where their weaknesses are and surrounds themselves with people who are excellent in those areas so that you, know, you can go to them for advice. And, and so th- these conversations have to be, uh, I would think, uh, daily uh, about, about navigating these waters because you potentially could have to make three head coaching hires in the next four or five years.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the way it's going to trend. I mean, you've already had to make a couple of big ones for athletic programs that have done some things around here.
1: Well, one was made for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, one uh, was made for you.
1: And then the other one was uh, obviously uh, kind of a no-brainer with Lonnie.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm also talking about women's basketball, too. He's had to make that change <laughs> as well, with Brooke taking over the reins to that program. I'm just saying, you know,
1: yeah, it's a they, they, say they, in,
0: they say in uh, a presidential term that the first 100 days or first 120 days are critical. Like For Mike, I think Michael, excuse me, because Norvell is Mike and Michael is the athletic director, the first 500 days, about a year and a half, Yeah, I mean, my goodness. Because this academic calendar year that's upcoming, 22-23, to your point, you've got the big three. You've also got a little bit of pressure, not nearly as much, but still a little pressure to prove that you chose the right person to be the head coach of the FSU soccer program. Now, they've got a lot of returning players, and, and they've got a chance there, but... Everywhere you look, the football-only facility, fundraising for that, fundraising against NIL collectives, making sure that boosters and, and uh, funds for buildings are still a priority in the grand scheme of things so you can break ground and progress in all the areas that you want to progress. There's not an idle minute, I don't think. This is not an eight-hour-a-day uh, job. This is probably 12 hours a day mostly every day, and maybe it settles down in a year or two, but maybe it doesn't because the college football landscape is well, changing so quickly. Yeah, that
1: part of it's hard for all athletic directors. Uh, and, and It's it's interesting time for all of them, but I, I tell you what, man, just thinking about, you work, you work to put yourself in a position to get the job that he got. You work hard to do that, and he's been all over the place, right? Just to work to that place. And all roads have led him to this moment, to here. And not all jobs and all situations are created equal. I mean, you may say athletic director, but it's a very different role in some places than others, and your responsibilities in the given moment may change. But, man, at this place right now, if you like the action, you got the action. I mean, you here we go. Every day, you've got to be thinking, because you've got to be prepared for these moments. Right, Leonard could walk in tomorrow, I don't think he's going to, but Leonard could walk in tomorrow at 74 years old and say, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Uh, I'm ready to settle down. You know, I, I had the Achilles injury, then I had the hip surgery. I feel a little beat up, a little weary. I've worked hard. I think I'd like to enjoy this time with my wife and my family and spend the next 20 years, whatever it's going to be, um, traveling or whatever. He he could. He could very easily do that, right? And you better have a plan in place. You better have a transition plan in place. You better have names that you're turning to. You're prepared for that moment. If Mike Norvell goes 3-9 and nine this year, uh, which, God forbid, You've got to decide how you're gonna handle that. What are we doing? What are, what am I doing for fundraising? What am I do, do am I firing right. him before I want to? What am I doing?
0: Right. And then the other side of this, I was talking to Ira today and was brought up on wake up, which is well, what if he goes nine and three? Because yeah. now you've got to negotiate a raise. Nah.
1: <laughs> because he's gone <laughs> yeah.
0: from three wins to five wins to nine wins, and you've got to negotiate that. So Something's happening, I think, with Mike Norvell that's that's relatively serious for the athletic director to be in the middle of one way or the other oh, this yes. December. Constantly. And you've got to be ready for all of that. You've talked about it before, where as a head coach or an athletic director, you have to have a drawer, and in that drawer it is a list of names. A list
1: of names, and you're constantly updating it because those people reveal more of themselves, good or bad, every day they're here. We all do. Now, you know, you find out, oh, well, the coach that I really thought I'd lean on if something like this went down he's had back- to back terrible years it's not a, he's not a viable name right now I couldn't bring him in even if I wanted to no matter what I think of him and then there's another guy you maybe never would have thought of and he's on the rise he's all the rage and you could maybe have access to him you're like okay is he's a guy so you're just you're constantly moving and shaking with this stuff and and right now at Florida State it's an interesting fascinating
0: time well and also you got to make sure that every chair is pushed in. Because if it's not pushed in in the athletic offices, then somebody's not doing their job. Make sure, hey, it, it might not be your job description, but you better push that chair in. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to lord and micromanage over everybody that's underneath you.
1: But I, I think to answer my own uh, question, I guess it's rhetorical in a way, I, I, I would tell you that if you've wanted to be an athletic director, then you've got to love this. I mean, you have to love it. You better. I mean, this is a lot of fun. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of stuff going on here, man. It's all of vital importance to a passionate fan base and obviously a storied athletic department. You cannot screw this up. I mean, this is what's going to determine whether or not you're the long-time athletic director, right? So, it you know, that part is fascinating. And I also wonder, and I've wondered this from the get-go, because we we do this – when we see changes uh in other athletic departments when we see an athletic director come in and take over uh, a new job and he comes in let's say to Miami like like it just happened uh, or somebody comes to uh, take over at Florida and uh, Foley's gone and you th- you know and you just you're thinking to yourself uh, all that stuff right well what, how does that impact them what are they going to do? One thing that we always bring up is that if there are coaches in place who the fan base is unsure of for one reason or another, right? They just don't feel, they don't hate them, but they don't love them. If they weren't chosen by that new athletic director, they're inclined to lean towards making a change typically because it's not their guy and you're being saddled with somebody you weren't part of the hiring process to vet. So you, you, now you're kind of, you know, a lot of times you see athletic directors like, eh, doing an okay job, but uh You know, don't let him screw up because it's not my guy. Right. I mean, they they don't say that publicly, but behind the scenes, that is a common theme. And I don't know because I've not talked to him specifically about this, um, but he's worked side by side because he was here uh, with Norvell. And I think they have a good relationship. But I, I wonder if in his mind it's like, well, he wouldn't have been my guy. You know, I mean, all this, all this factors into the way we view well, yeah. whatever result we get this year. Yeah, and it also
0: factors into 50 50. Which way do you push? Because there are going to be situations as an athletic director, any manager, any manager will deal with 50 50 or close enough situations where you have every right to move on or you have every right to double down and bet on the person that is in trouble in the moment. And so what you're talking yeah, about is yeah. if he has those private thoughts where, I don't know, that I would have gone in this direction, well, that might push 50-50 the other way and say it's time to make a change. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. But maybe he loved him. Who oh, knows? He, he, absolutely. I don't know the answer to that. That's why I made sure I prefaced beforehand, like, hey, I don't know how he feels about, about him or not. He's certainly not going to say anything publicly that's going to let you know other than I back my guy. I mean, you, you have to say that publicly. Um and, and maybe and and maybe he does. And I hope you know listen, we want everybody pulling in the same direction right now. I mean the only way anything gonna get done or or the, or that Florida State's gonna overcome and get to where they want to be, you, you do need everybody on the same page here. Um, so let's hope that's in place as we start this season, obviously and and what can be remedied, what can be solved for, what can be answered for? It's all right here. it's it's contained. Now go have the season, and the season will tell us the rest.
0: Right, and you're in a position this year where, and the next year after that, you're not really empire building per se. You're trying to put yourself in a position so you can build an empire. But right mm. now, it's just you're trying yeah. to survive more yeah. than thrive. We talked about that in our own circles, and our own careers. Is are, are we in survival mode, or are we trying to thrive? Which one is it? And I think right now for this athletic department, the right idea is how do we survive border on thrive and then once there's a reorganization of the sport because it feels like it's so close in the grand scheme of like a college football history book it feels like it's on the next page mm. you turn that page and there's going to be a big change how can we get there or be ready for Position when that yourself comes
1: and to be in a good thrive, spot yeah, to thrive again to absolutely thrive again yeah well i know one way and it doesn't take a mensa to figure this out uh you can start by winning some games you don't have to. You don't have to think too long and hard about what needs to be done in the immediate to change your fortunes for the better and to put yourself in a position to thrive, as you just noted. If things do change radically, uh, yeah, winning seems to solve for all of those things, generally speaking. So, stop having sub 500 seasons would be the immediate answer. Can we stop finishing? seasons in which we have more losses than wins and we're at home watching those that go to bowls because they won enough games to do so.
0: Do you think he took an overhead and and brought Mike in on the old school overhead (laughs) And broke that down in a chart. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, yeah. if I had a W column and an L column, yeah. and let's put five hash marks here in the W column yeah. and seven, seven over here. here.
1: That's not what we're looking for. Which see? which side that has that ratio? Isn't going to get it done.
0: Which side has more? And Mike's the only person in the room. <laughs> Mike. Mike. <laughs> Right. 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 The L column has more. You know what
1: L stands for? That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. You got it, Mike. Good job. Loss of revenue as well. Mm -hmm. Lot of losing. Lot of losing. Jobs. You name it. Now,
0: if we took that chart and moved a couple of these hash marks over to the W column-
1: It changes your uh, outlook completely. You know, you wouldn't believe how much it changes the outlook of things moving forward. It's, uh, It's unreal.
0: Therefore the solution is w is greater than l <laughs> equals dollar signs. Yeah, there it
1: is. That's there. I'm glad we had this talk before the upcoming season. There it is. You want me to take a picture of this so you can have it with you at all times? You go ahead and take that. You know, you look at like I like to get up in the morning, let's say I'm on vacation or God forbid I'm on a business trip away from home like in July we'll go to Charlotte. You and me. That's right. And the War Chant crew. Radio Row. Here we come. Anyhow, we'll do all of those things. But you know, if I've been gone for a few days and I miss my kids, I like to start the day, I'll look at my kids. I'll look at it. I, I've got certain photos with the family that just make me smile every time I see them. Could be a birthday moment for my son or something. Like, and I'll look at it and I'll smile. Mike, why don't you keep this little chart that we just did here together? And if you need motivation, you, you look at that and think about this very productive talk we had. In fact,
0: I didn't write it with uh, an erasable marker. This is, perma- this is a Sharpie <laughs> I wrote it with. So here, is, here it is. Just oh. hold on to this transparent sheet.
1: So Florida State had like the vast majority of their roster leave for a variety of reasons in uh, basketball. Eight of the 13 players, in fact. That's a lot. That's a, that's a massive overhaul, right? Of, uh, it's a mass exodus. Uh, and so you may be saying to yourself, well, who the hell? Who's back? Well, you know, Caleb Mills is back in Cleveland and Worley and McLeod and Fletcher. But then there's a whole bunch of names you don't know about and you haven't had a chance to talk about. Or what does does that roster breakdown look like? Well, Adrian Crawford, former Seminole great himself, will join us in mere moments, and we will talk to him about this and get his thoughts on the incoming transfers, the incoming freshmen, of which there are six, those guys that have left, unfortunately, uh, Malik Osborne is one of those guys. I was hoping he'd come back. John Butler, we know, kept his name in the NBA draft, all that stuff. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. And we're back. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Always good to be with you. It's also always good to glean insight from my man Adrian Crawford. From Simon great. You hear his stylings oftentimes as he breaks it down uh, for you as a color analyst. And um, he's going to join us right now because there's been a massive overhaul with this Florida State roster. There he is. I can see him. That's good stuff. Hey, Adrian. How are you, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. All right. Let's talk about the team. Let's talk about Florida. Let's just dive right in. It's it, Listen, have you had a chance to kind of really wrap your mind around eight players leaving from this basketball team out of the 13. That's like, that you never see that. And I guess I'll preface it and say this, you also never see eight guys leave and then turn around and assess what's coming in and think, I think we're going to be better off. And I don't mean that as a slight to everybody. You know what I mean? Like when you see that kind of change normally, you're you're pretty worried. But I, I think there's reason to be excited.
2: Yeah, no, um, I, I'm with you, Jeff. I think that um... – you know, normally when this happens, because we have a different landscape, I think that what we can't do, and you know this, I mean, you talk about all the different landscapes of sports, is that we're no longer playing against to the, the, the current rules and we can't evaluate based off of kind of Jeff, even the world we grew up in. And mm-hmm. so You you know, over 20 some odd years, you being in this game and, you know, and evaluating, you know, uh, sports across every spectrum, you look at it right now, look at golf, you know what I mean? We got we got dudes leaving the PGA, you know, to go over there. And then, you know, so I think it's different. But yes, to answer your question very specifically, I think this team, is they're going to be better. I mean, there's no way around it. Like you said, it's no slight toward the guys who left, but here's the truth about it. Uh, like my father used to always say, if my exes are more talented and more athletic than your O's, I'm going to win nine out of ten times. And the truth be told, like, you bring a lot of talent in with, this, with these eight guys.
1: So let's start with the big name that I think got everybody excited this week when we saw it happen and 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 all of a sudden everybody went, oh, man. So who's this guy, and and why am I supposed to be excited about a guy named Baba and, and and all that? What do you know of Baba Miller? What have you seen, and what can you tell us about what what you think he'll be at this level?
2: Yeah, Baba Miller, I've got a chance to watch. You know, honestly, I got a chance to watch some decent amount of film on him, and and here's who he is. I mean, it's kind of comparing to somebody. I'm not saying he's going to be at this level. Um, but I mean, he is Jonathan Isaac in the sense. Maybe not Jonathan Isaac defensively, but he's farther along offensively than Jonathan Isaac was. I mean, he's six. I mean, he came here when they on his visit they met him. He's six eleven. He's got a seven two seven three wingspan. I mean, literally, he is a prototypical today's four man. Can shoot it from three. He's athletic. I mean, he can pass the ball. I mean, he's a European kid, and so um and and I think he is going to be. I mean, he is a
1: huge
2: get. Uh, for Florida State, I mean, he is one of the most talented kids that's put his foot on this campus.
1: Do you think is he big enough to finish around the rim?
2: Yeah, no, he really is. That was the thing, you know. When you get European kids, you're always worried about, hey, right. they're skill or the athletic. But if you watch a lot of his film, I mean, my man's catching transition. I mean, he's dunking. I mean, I, there's one, there's one actual game I was watching. He threw him a lob. My man comes, you know, out of nowhere, reverse dunk. And so he plays above the rim. He can run. And you know how that goes. That he was doing that in a European kind of, you know, a little bit more slowdown. You yeah. know, here at Florida State, you know, we're out and we're to the races. So I think he's going to have all the ability to do that and really fit in.
1: Good news there. And I bring him up because he's part of that six of incoming players, uh, freshmen, if you will. Uh, go through and highlight any of these guys. I, we can't go through every player, but right. if you want to talk about uh, the Corrin kid, the Jackson kid, Green, Bimbry, you name it, name, name the guys you're excited about in that group that's coming in.
2: Yeah, I'm going to first start off with Chandler Jackson. Chandler Jackson is Trent Forrest. Now, when I say that, I mean this. He's a he's a winner like Trent Forrest. Okay. I mean the kid just wins, and and he's one of those kids. I'll do whatever you need to do to what you know how Trent was. I mean, you need a stop, you get your stop. You need a rebound, you get your rebound. You need a bucket, you go get your bucket. Uh, the kid, I mean, he really processes basketball at a high level, and so I think he's going to help a ton. I actually think as well. You know, um, when you really look at green coming in, I mean, green is a more upgraded PJ Savoy, okay. I mean, get yeah, a guy who can shoot the blood out of the basketball, but he's never really played, he's always played like more of in a system. But now, in how you know Florida State plays, and where again, it's a lot off read and reaction, a lot of that's why these guys are prepared for the NBA. Um, I've been watching him and the practice they've had him, he's really flourishing. I mean, again, I think as well, you know, when you really look at a, uh, you know, a Jalen Ganey coming in, I mean, you got a kid with experience, defensive player of the year. And that was one of the things, too, last year, you know, Jeff is like, you can press all you want to and pick up and pressure the way we do, but we're really good when we have rim protectors. And yeah. I think he's going to be a rim protector as well. And I want to go back really quick and I'm going to say this, a guy who I think, who I, I don't, um, who has probably made such an incredible improvement. Um, to me has been Naheem McLeod. Um, If he stays healthy, I mean, he is going to be an outright force.
1: We got excited about him and then the injury happened and we were, right, we were robbed. Adrian, we were robbed because you and I, we talked about it. We were excited about what that, where that was going, where that was trending. Yes. So I'm not yeah. surprised to hear you say right off the bat, like, hey, we got a lot of guys coming in that we're excited about, but there was a guy here who was well on his way, and then the injury happened. So that is exciting. You brought up Jalen Ganey. He's part of the incoming transfer. He was yeah. the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. He's a big shot blocker. Uh, there's a rim protector you're talking about. And also, I was excited, and we saw this guy. I want to remind Florida State fans, you know, of course, you were there uh but but darren green jr can shoot the lights out he's played a ton of basketball the ucf transfer i mean you can't really uh overstate how important it is to have played a lot of big-time college basketball and had success, that's a plug-and-play guy. That's a guy, like, with these incoming freshmen, and you kind of, well, we'll wait and see. Everybody's a little different. There's a lot to transition. When you got a guy that comes in, and he's played as much basketball as, as he has, you know you can just start him. You can play him right now, and he's ready to go.
2: That's it, and I think that, you know, I always try to remind, you know, when I talk to people is that uh even though, you know, this team was, a I mean, remember, we were the number one team in the ACC. And so, you know, I say biblical calamity hit this team and everybody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got guys who've got a lot of minutes. And now when you plug and play from Ganey to Green, guys with significant minutes, along with the guys who were here last year from Worley. Um, and Matthew Cleveland again, ACC Sixth Man of the Year, um, ton of minutes. You know, McLeod. I mean, you're gonna now and then even uh, you know Cam Fletcher and Caleb oh, you know, yeah. Middles. I mean, you got a lot of guys with a lot of basketball, man. So I 100 agree with you that having these two guys, especially with Green, you got guys with with minutes, and that is always a big deal. Uh, playing and it allows your freshmen to come along. We saw last year, Jeff, that these freshmen got thrown in the fire. And, you know, and, and it was hard for him. It was hard to get thrown playing. You know, the way we play, trying to play 30 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game, That's just it's, it's insane to try to do that and play the way we play.
1: I think you've kind of hit on the answer that you'll, you'll need to maybe give here, but I, I want to ask you because we have two questions in the chat, and they're kind of both centered around defense. Uh, Swiss Irish writes, perimeter defense by chance from these newbies. Definitely a step back from previous seasons, and he's talking about last year. We didn't, we didn't play well out on the perimeter. You know, this was a, a, an outlier watching this. Florida State basketball team last year. They didn't defend. They really did not do a great job of defending. And we know that's not part of the culture here. That's not how they teach it. Um, I think you just answered this some, but if you want to add to it, feel free. Basically, they had so many injuries at so many different spots during the course of the year. They had to play guys that weren't ready, that weren't ready to play, that that didn't understand the system. Frequently, were out of position because of it. I don't want to answer yeah. for you, but it, am I? You know, if you want to take that further, go go ahead. No,
2: you know, you're spot on. And, And I think, too, what we have to understand is that if you watch us play, we pick up full court. Yep. And then on top of that, offensively, when we're really clicking, you know, we're 225 passes. You don't get the rest on the offensive end. So that's why you always see over time guys can't play, you know. Over 30 minutes, just maybe like a Trent Forrest and a Terrence Mann, you know, here and there. But last year, when we got Matthew Cleveland and Worley. I played 30 minutes and you just can't sustain. I think last year, this group, now they have the physical ability to be incredible defensively. But I also think it, it's predicated on a system. And if you don't know where to be. And, again, you know this from switches and Mm. everything that's happening. The game is complex. It's not just sometimes we think it's just, oh, man, just keep somebody in front of you. It's like it's not that. It's because you're switching one through five, and then it's got to know, hey, when people are running, they're going to slip. I mean, we started in Miami. Miami started making adjustments in the second half, and when you have freshmen – they start slipping that screen. They can't adjust that fast. They've already seen it this year. So now when a team goes to a slip quick because we switch everything, they're going to know how to adjust already because they literally had to see it over and over again. And so this team will be absolutely better. And here's the other thing. When in doubt, you've got one of the leading shot blockers in the country in gaining, and then you've got Naheem McLeod behind you who's going to be so much better. So, Because let me tell you this, shot blockers cover up a multiple percent <laughs> on Jesus of the floor.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. It's reason to be excited. And, and it's weird because it, as we vet it and we talk about it now, while we were going through it, and I say we from afar, these guys were playing on the court and having to go through it. While, we, while it was happening, it was hard. It was the school of hard knocks. Yeah. It, it's tough to watch. It's frustrating to watch. But as you come out the other end and you survive it, and then we add these pieces that we're talking about now, Adrian, you now see what a huge benefit that was to have to have gone through it. Like it, it's, it, you know, it's the rainbow at the end, right? You kind of, well, that was less than ideal. We didn't have the season we wanted to have. But by the way, these guys have been through it all now. Yeah, they have. And and here's what's
2: helping now. You know, these guys are going to be going on that their tour. I think they're going to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're heading over. I can't remember exactly. They're going uh, – They're going uh, somewhere. They're traveling, yeah. (laughs) Dubai, Dubai. Dubai, Dubai. yeah, yeah. Gosh, I couldn't remember. They're going to Dubai, and here's the thing. So now you're getting all these new guys with an opportunity with the other guys to now play games. So they're going to be way ahead. Yeah. You know, the practices and things like that. So this group, I mean, they're going to come in, I think, ready to go. And here's the one thing I've been super impressed with. I mean, Matthew Cleveland, um, you know, sixth man of the year. And the one thing that we knew with Matthew Cleveland is this. He couldn't, you know, It was he doesn't shoot the ball. Doesn't shoot the ball. I've, I've watched him. Here's what the kid's doing. Every morning he's in there, and I'm talking about 500 shots where, I mean, it is form, it is working on it, then he's coming back doing it. The kid is a machine at getting better, and I'm watching. I'm watching him in practice. He's shooting the ball better. And again, he's got several more months before the season starts. And again, I'm not saying we start the year, my man's going to be shooting 50 from the three. But you know, once you start getting game reps in with the work you've been doing, it starts to hone in. So if he gets to a point where he's just shooting 35 from the three, where he's just a genuine threat with already his ability, I mean, that's why a lot of NBA guys are really, really high on him um, because they see him, you know, in that kind of same vein as some of these guys from Pat Williams to Terrence Mann.
1: Last thing, and I'll let you go, I've just wondered about this because I valued him so much, and really we've seen uh, for Florida State, it's tough. Guys who do good work and put in the time have opportunities, and we've seen this assistant coaching staff rated and get these opportunities. And while we celebrate those guys, I mean, we were so happy for Gates, and now see why, right? Um, How do we replace him? How do we replace those guys? Because they weren't just good coaches. They were also coaches that did a great job in recruiting.
2: Yes, 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 yes. I mean, again, you, I mean, again, I say this. I mean, it was bittersweet for me. Uh, CY is my guy. You yeah, know, I yeah. mean, he is, he became a really good friend of mine. And so, but I love it for him. Um, I love it. He's out there with Dennis. Dennis is a good friend of mine. Again, he's got, I mean, they got a Florida state gang out there. You know, Michael fly, who's a Florida Gulf coast, uh, who got a really raw deal at FGCU winning 22 games and you get fired, which is unheard of. He goes to that. I mean, they got him out there on staff. They got a great groups, but I hate to see FCY. why, but here I will say this, uh, adding RJ Barsh. Uh, was a great hire for coach ham young guy incredibly energetic um a guy who actually does a good job recruiting as well was uh was really i think uh if i'm not mistaken was out there in um was at boise state and mm-hmm. accident. they had a really good team match and he recruited a lot of those players there so i think he's going to step in but here's why i always have to remind people leonard hamilton is chief og right like i mean look at it the dude just signed a top international prospect over Gonzaga, who was in the final four. Right. Thinking about the second. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, like he just, like, we can never go past the fact of who Ham is. Right. Um, and so I think, again, that was a hard loss for CY. I mean, we're already seeing it right now. They're already replacing and they're already doing it. So I think they're going to be fine. Um, and I also think that, you know, again, there's such a strong culture here for the state. And that's what Boba Miller said. I mean, when you talk about it, you look at guys like, look, what we have is proof. We have proof now. Scotty Barnes, Patrick Williams, Terrence Mann, Trent Forrest, Fyandu um, Scotty again, Scotty Rookie of the Year. People want to come here now because we develop pros, and not just guys who kind of get to the league, but guys who have sustained ability in the league and who NBA guys love. So that is such a selling point. So I think we'll keep that going.
1: It's so exciting! I, I, it's a great opportunity, and I'm glad you did it to remind everybody what what Leonard Hamilton is, man—a legend in the game. And beloved in the coaching profession, beloved by players and coaches alike, and of course, media. Um, yeah, he's he's still, and he still got that enthusiasm. I just talked to him yesterday. My son's in his camp right now. Hey, it's always a pleasure, Adrian. It's great talking to you, buddy. Thanks for the insight, and uh, we'll talk again real soon.
2: All right, take care, Jeff.
1: All right, you take care. Adrian Crawford does a great job as a color analyst for Florida State Basketball. He was a good player here. I've been on the air so long that I covered him when he was on I covered him while I was on the air when he was a player here. <laughs> and that was at the end of the last century.
0: Yeah, his retro season was 97. He played 98 to
1: 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the air for all that. Yeesh. Good. <laughs> Jeff Cameron, show 93 3 Real Talk, Radio War Chat TV. Do Chef three real talk, talk radio Orchard TV. Stuff, at you know, it's so crazy that you played uh, this song uh, that's off a Check Your Head. That's the Beastie Boys, if anybody's wondering. Anyhow, uh, it's crazy that you played this because now think about how random this is. A buddy of mine called me yesterday that I've known since middle school, and we Louis Morales. No, what oh. Louis Morales it was Stephen Rafferty. And, uh, oh, what's up, Steve? Yeah, there you go. And so we were, uh, we were catching up. It's been a couple months and just been too long. Long story short, as friends do, you know, you, you, you just get right back on it, right? You're like, it's like no time had passed whatsoever, right? And we're laughing and talking. And he tells, he references a guy that we went to high school and middle school with that I haven't heard from or about in 30 years, right? Louis Morales? No.
0: no, oh, okay.
1: Uh, different guy. And this guy I didn't really care about at all, but I knew him. And, you know, that's been a single oh, day of my yeah. life thinking about him.
0: We've got those. Everybody's got those. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But then you hear the name. You're like, oh, how's old Slappity-Doo? How's he doing?
0: And you don't really mean it.
1: Yeah, no, I don't wish he'll He's not a bad guy. He's just, eh, whatever. You know We weren't close. It's it just, like, instead
0: of how are they doing it, what are they up to?
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he he proceeded to tell me. But anyhow, the point would be, the last, one of the last times I saw that guy... <laughs> Boy, I am an open book on this show. The last time I saw that guy, don't get nervous. Get ready,
0: Matthew. Oh, don't get Kill nervous. the feed.
1: Uh, here, yeah. We were going into a concert. It was the Beastie Boys. It was that album. It was for Check Your Head. And it was at Janice Landing. Anyhow, Stephen and I were talking about Well, and I won't. That They guy
0: played that small of a venue?
1: Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Makes no sense. To this day, I don't know why the hell they did that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and we went to that show, and it was incredible incredible what a time what a great time
0: yeah the, except for the fire marshal oh I'm no. sure
1: well listen and they got shut down late cuz they they went past the time for the uh, for the noise ordinance yeah the curfew but we were there you know we were right up front and and I could have reached out and grabbed ad rock could have anyhow he could have passed the mic to you he could have indeed but but uh that guy was there, and, and we didn't hang with him, but we saw him in the parking lot. And you know how – and this is all I'll say about this. He was getting popped for smoking weed before oh, yeah. going in. Yep, yep. And But this is how things were so different, right? I, that potentially was a ruin-your-life moment for him, unlike it would be today where they would just be like, oh, whatever. You know, probably wouldn't even – It was a civil
0: citation yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And I, I remember thinking as we walked by, because he was talking to the cop, and I remember thinking, oh – all over for John. He's.
0: Was that his name? Yeah. All right. And I was like, Halfway oh,
1: that's going to suck. John Morales? No. <laughs> and I was like, this, that's a toughie. And all I remember is that he was, uh, Stephen, my buddy, was like, oh, no. And he was worried about the long term impact of this p- problem, right? And I thought to myself, oh, no, no, no. I was more concerned. My man's going to miss the start of the show. That's. <laughs> And we just laughed. We were laughing. Because he was like, oh, what's he going to do? I mean, he could get kicked out of school. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to miss the first song. They're starting in like five minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, there are those groups of friends who are acquaintances, and you hang out enough that you know them and they know you, but you're still, you're not going to call each other and say, hey, let's go catch oh, no, this no, or that. Right, yeah, no. And when something happens to them at a college party or outside of Doak work. or whatever, yeah. right, you, you go from, oh, no, to, this is our moment. We've got an opportunity. Like, you know, it's yeah. almost like he is the great offensive guard in the situation. <laughs> You're like, all right, we could do what
1: we need to do now. It's a
0: shame, but we move forward.
1: The origination of uh maintain uh on this show has to do with that very thing uh regarding entering Doe Campbell Stadium. Because for the better part of 20 years, and and you know what? I think people have been able to heed the warnings. The Cat 5 maintain on this show has worked. It's, it's, It's drawn attention to a real problem that is omnipresent every class that comes through Florida State. And that is... They're so excited to be away from home for the first time. This is all of us. We know what this is like. You have to learn the hard way. Everybody does. And you get so amped up that you're in control of your life, finally. Choices are yours, good and bad. Kids tend to make bad choices on the regular, especially as it pertains to alcohol consumption and not only quantity but time frame. These two usually don't marry well. And I got so tired of seeing people face down in the muck, walking into Doe Campbell for the biggest games that I was like, "We've got to do something on this show. We got to start talking to these students. You got to maintain. Get some pasta on your belly when you get up for these big games.
0: Ramen if you have to. If
1: if, if it's an eight o'clock kick, if it's a night game, you got to understand you're in it for the long haul, baby. You you this fine if you want to join your friends for the tailgate that begins at." 9 a.m. or whatever it is yes i mean i got it that's fine i'm not telling you not to go i'm telling you to be aware
0: right plan that for the game nap
1: kicks off at eight
0: don't be too proud to take a nap if you want to go hard in the paint early on in the day then make sure around two o'clock you get a nap in you're up by 4:30 and you're right back in the groove everything's gonna be okay but i would rather if you got into your 20s if you're if you're an upperclassman mm, in florida state mm-hmm. that you don't need that option because you know better don't start till three or four o'clock in the afternoon then you're good This is something that I would think has to be issued for undergraduates that are traveling to New Orleans. Get it out of your system on Friday and Saturday. Get it out of your system.
1: And then treat
0: Sunday with respect.
1: Tom is asking me about Cat 5 maintains, and when was the last time that I declared one. There hasn't been one of great significance uh, in a long time. There hasn't been one where I say, okay, this feels on a Tuesday like we need to get out in front of this like this is I could just tell we gotta get out in front of this and I I'll tell you right now and part of what I miss the most uh and everybody's nostalgic for the things the way things were when they were in school and all that I don't tend to fall into that trap too often Uh, I I recognize that there are plenty of things about the current situation meaning technology and everything else that are better than when I was in school for example but one thing I do miss And this has to do directly with winning and losing football games. One thing I do miss is that when you're good and you've sustained a level of great, not good, but great, for a long period of time, as in five, six, seven, eight, nine years, there's an energy to home games and an anticipation for those games that begins the week of that Monday, it starts that Monday. And when I used to do shows at AJ Sports Bar and Grill, which is no longer here, I remember one of the things that I so thoroughly enjoyed was I'd get out of my car, knowing that I was going in on a Libations Friday to do the show. And sometimes I'd go over there earlier in the week to talk to John and Jason Jesco, who owned it, and and about things that they were promoting, whatever it might be, right? And you could just feel it on Tennessee Street, though, like the whole way from the strip all the way down to where AJ's was. All the, the strip beginning, like let's say, you know. Poor Paul's all the way to Ocala Road, right? Good it, choice, man. I we haven't had that in forever. I want to feel that. I want to feel that that energy. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna be and swept maintain, away. And, 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 yeah, maintain. and then maintain, yeah. And then maintain. Have to make choices. Hour number two, forthcoming, stay with.